Welcome to EduCash, a podcast for career educational navigation geared towards education majors and newly hired teachers. Topics and information that can help you in the beginning stages of your career. Things our hosts Chris Reed and John Ballard wish somebody would have told them at the start of their career. On this episode, it's all about once you're hired as a teacher. And now a common sense approach to an ever-changing educational world, the EduCash Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to EduCast Podcast, the uh, podcast for new teachers. Uh, I've had a couple emails where people are asking, what does the name actually mean? So, so you know, uh, EduCast is the EDU, is the educational part of it, and the cash is the cash, like the cash file on your computer. And John and I will give you a whole lot of information in these podcasts, and some of it will come back around and hit different topics. But as we give you that, if you've heard it before, just get rid of it like you do in your cash file and keep what you want. So, uh, John, good to be with you, buddy. How you doing? It's good to be back. And uh, as you say, there will be a uh, wealth of information embedded throughout these podcasts. So feel free to reflect back and uh, research and uh, stay with us. And at the end of the day, we really just want to help new teachers and aspiring teachers have a successful start. It's so important. It's it's kind of an overlooked thing. I know people get excited, uh, get their interview, get their job, and get all ready to go. And, and sometimes they run into it and don't don't stop and think about things that need to happen and things that they need to be doing. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is uh, what do you do before you get hired? You know, hopefully you get hired in May or early June, so you have a couple of months. Sometimes you don't get that leeway, but either way, there's a lot of things you need to do. So we're going to throw a hodgepodge of uh, what you need to do before you show up the first day of school. Absolutely. And uh, first and foremost on that list is make sure you have that positive attitude. And exactly. uh, like I say, this is so important for uh, not just the new teachers, but our profession in general to make sure that teachers get off on the right foot, uh, that they enjoy their career because it is a truly enjoyable and rewarding career. And uh, if you're uh, doing the right things and you're successful, then you're going to have a long and lasting career. You know, and most, you know, you spend four years in college, then you go through your uh, state testing, then you go through student teaching. That's a lot of uh, hard work that goes into this. And the last thing you want to do is go through all of that and then struggle and limp into your first year of teaching. And there's just no reason for that. And, uh, you know, everybody's ready to go and there's a lot of things you need to do. And I think we can uh, talk about some things that help them be successful. That's right. And, uh, that's kind of the purpose of our podcast is we know that, uh, you do, uh, get a lot of training in your undergraduate work and, uh, through, uh, various site visits and student teaching and those sorts of things. But, uh, luckily you and I have been around for so long. We've, uh, picked long, up a few I mean. other things that, uh, that we can share and help with uh, a practical side of, uh, what the practitioner en- encounters each day. So let's jump into a hodgepodge of information. Just take what you want and leave what you don't. Right. Well, let's start off with just actually uh, getting hired. You know, the day you get hired or you get that phone call that uh, they want you to come in and and be their teacher for whatever uh, class or grade level it may be. But somewhere in that process, you're going to go through an onboarding uh, at the central office level. And it's important that you go ahead and get some things lined out during that process so that's not something that's weighing on your mind as no, you're teaching you know but that things. processing is very important because it sets up a lot of things for you as you move forward that's right you need to know things like you know practical things like when do you get paid uh what insurance uh will you have what other insurance ancillary insurance benefits may be available to you that you want to 
take advantage of. So go ahead and get all of those things out of the way that are kind of the non-classroom um, items to consider. That's right. And and there will be a central office staff person that will walk you through each one of those steps, how you want to fill out your tax forms. Uh, if you're moving to a new area or relocating, you know, you're going to have to get bank information and direct deposit most likely. And all those things will be taken care of there. But that's something that you can get done out of the way. You know, you don't have to think about it. You can move on into the important thing of teaching children. Right. And then uh, probably beyond that, the next thing is you'll probably meet with the principal right. of your school. So uh, what types of things would you suggest that uh, our new teachers do or discuss or have ready to discuss with their principal? Well, one thing they're going to do, you need to ask about if if you have the summer leeway, Can is there a professional development uh schedule that I need to attend. You know, sometimes principals will line up professional development for their staff. Sometimes they'll say, hey, you've got to get your four days of PD in whenever you can. Uh, and once you go through the processing at the central office, you can go ahead and start attending professional developments through the summer. And I, I highly recommend if there is no plan in place that you try to do some of those in the summer to help kind of uh, relieve some anxiety and also give you a peace of mind that I'd have to go to a a professional development on a, on a non-student day during the year, if you can do that. Uh, you're also going to get a handbook, a handbook from the school. And understand that the school handbook will be derived from board policy. But that school handbook is how things are going to operate within your school, and you really need to read the school handbook. And, and I would say even with that, at least know where the board policies are. You don't have to go read a bunch of board policies, but you ought to be able to find them because that's going to be where all of your procedures, everything is lined out through the board policy. Everything happens through board policy. The school handbook is derived from it, and you definitely need to read that school handbook. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, familiarize yourself not just with the handbook, but but with the school in general. And like right. you said, you know, uh, if you have opportunities for professional development uh, prior to school, that's a great time to meet your coworkers, which is something that's uh, extremely important so that you can show that you want to be a part of the team and uh, you're not there just for yourself. But uh, so getting to know your coworkers, getting to know the, the building itself, the custodian know, in the cust- summertime. Absolutely. You better I mean, make sure. How important you, is that? That's, that's one of the most overlooked, uh, you know, that, that person's going to help you immensely and, uh, and, We've talked about it before. It's people business, getting in early and treating people right, and that all comes back around to you. Right, and during the summertime, the, it's uh, you know one of the busiest times for those custodians. Right, so right. you'll want to find out, you know, do they have a schedule where you're going to uh, not be able to access your classroom because the floor is being waxed, right. or you want to make sure you understand where the bathrooms are that you'll be taking your kids to, exactly. how the cafeteria is laid out. Those sorts of things are. All things you can do ahead of time. Yeah, don't walk in and ask your custodian when you're going to get my room set back up for me. That's probably not a good start. No, but, uh, during <laughs> during the summertime, those guys are uh, uh, really hard at it. So you know, but uh, you can go ahead. That's something else that we can get into. Is once you are in there and you you do have access to your room, room setup is huge. There's studies on that and all the different ways you're going to use your class and your procedures, how you're going to move kids around. So you can start to uh, form those ideas that you want to do and get your room however you want to set it up. Right. And I would say probably if you could point to one thing that is uh, the most important for new teachers, uh, especially, I mean, most of our veteran teachers are kind of have this down pat, you might say, but, but making sure that you're prepared to to let your class know 
what those rules and those procedures are going to be for you and have those laid out and have those uh, presented to those kids in an organized fashion so that, uh, you know, that's not um, a big issue. And once you, once you get that down pat, then the rest will come naturally. You know, I, I really think that teachers that spend a lot of time the first couple of weeks hitting procedures along with some academic uh, rigor, obviously, but when they spend time on those procedures and they don't move until they get those down, those are the teachers that are, can take kids further and deeper into the curriculum than a teacher that does not. And, uh, you know, I know we talked earlier before we got going about using collaboration or, uh, you know, collaborative learning where you put kids in groups. You know, I, I don't really suggest you, you do a bunch of group work first week of school. Oh, no, not right out of the gate. Not until you feel comfortable and, you know, you'll get a gauge as a teacher, you know, what the what the maturity level is of your class will play a big part in, in when to do that, uh, you know, when they're comfortable with the procedures. But, yeah, until that point, you know, you do want to start even with academic work, right. you know, potentially even the first day. It doesn't mean you, you pile right. things on. It should be something a little bit simpler, simpler a little bit lighter, um, mostly independent work at that point. But uh, definitely don't be afraid to – to jump right in. But uh, as you say, keep hitting those rules and those uh, procedures, you know, the first couple of weeks. And don't sure. veer off. If this, if it's something you want, then get it. You know, th- there's no better time than the first three days of school. You have everybody's attention. But a lot of times what, what happens to a lot of new teachers, so say you jump in, you do some group work on the second day of school, and it goes fabulous because it will because everybody's behaving. You don't realize who's who. You don't know who the players are yet. And uh, and then that becomes a discipline problem for you later. So really take time, get in those procedures, figure out uh, who's who in the classroom, and uh, and just drill it down and get exactly what you want. And don't veer off of it. Kids will do what you ask them to do. You just have to stay on them. They're they're just like adults. We all do what we can get away with. That's right. And like Chris said earlier, too, you know, there's – uh, a lot of other things you can do in your room uh, to be prepared for that first day, but things like, you know, how you do arrange your room, how, where your desks are, where you're, where you're going to be and where you'll be monitoring your kids and a lot of research out there that you can dig into and, and find the best layout for, for your type of classroom. But uh, just a few other things that you might want to make sure you do is, is make sure you label everything. Schools are notorious for, you know, things getting mixed up, kids taking things from one classroom right. to another. So it's important that you have everything labeled. You know, if uh, you're you're probably with younger kids, then you might want to have name tags ready. You might want to have their, um, you know, any information that you can find on those kids is very important too so that you can get a kind of a feel for for your kids as they uh, as they come into your classroom, but but get your grade books ready, your files you know right. set up. Just just be organized. Of course, your bulletin boards you'll want to have ready to go. But uh, uh, so definitely take some time to to get everything organized, and that'll give you a little more comfort as you approach that nervous first day. That's exactly right. And we're kind of circling back to what you said about meeting with the principal. There's another person that'll probably be there, which will be the office manager. And that's a good time in the summer when you're not busy to ask, you know, how do we clock in? What do I do if I need a sub? What, you know, all these things that I'm going to need eventually, if you can get all that out of the way in the summer, it really relieve anxiety. You don't want to wait till September the 7th and get sick and then not know what to do. Right. And, and uh, like I said, along that line too, how, you know, how you go about copying, right? what's uh, the procedure for that. And uh, when you're talking with the principal, make sure you find out about, 
um, perhaps a classroom budget. You know, most most schools um, will provide obviously the major um, items you need, textbooks, you know, laptops, whatever the case may be. But then you'll also have an individual classroom budget, typically anywhere from three to five hundred dollars. That right. that um, you know you can buy other items, whether it be your bulletin board materials or uh, those sorts of things. But uh, I will say, you know, throughout my years, I don't know how many times I've seen teachers. You know, you may have a three or five hundred dollar budget, and their classroom looks like a two thousand dollar right. decorated. And a lot of that is coming out of their own pocket, right. unfortunately. But uh, but they're also good at finding free things. Right. There's a lot of stuff out there. I know a lot of my teachers go to yard sales and those sort of things, and uh, use milk crates with make their own seating and those sort of things. But uh, and I don't advocate you going out early and spending a whole lot of your money. You know, just make your classroom as inviting as you can. I, you know, the rule of thumb is: Would you want to put your kid in this class? You know, and if you know, that's kind of a good uh, measuring stick to use as you uh, actually teach and you know set up your classroom. Right, and um, and beyond getting your your classroom set up, those sorts of things, like we said a little bit earlier, you know, make sure you familiarize yourself with the emergency procedures because right. those are going to be things you're going to have to go over with your class right. Uh, right out of the gate. You know what the evacuations are. Make sure you have those clearly posted in your in your classroom and uh, and so they know by law your principal will have a certain amount of uh, procedures that have to be documented and done in the first you know month of school right whether so, it be fire drill earthquake drills intruder drills their tornado uh, tornado whatever. all of that yes so uh, well i'll tell you another thing that you need to make sure you know we we touched a little bit there on laptops is any technology that you have in your room, whether it be those laptops, you you may like be blessed to, to have the the one to one initiatives, or uh, you know whatever technology you have in your room. I would say overhead projector, but I don't think anybody has an overhead it's projector film strip, these days. Film strip projector, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, but but do make sure that your check technology is working properly and that you know how to use it. So uh, I mean, there's a lot of um, outstanding things that you can do with technologies these days. And so uh, to have that at your fingertips and it be underutilized uh, is not a good idea. So make sure that you get in there and you kind of make sure you know how it works and, and how it can benefit your class. You know, we did a podcast on student teaching, and that's one thing that I think you need to do during your student teaching, if you haven't done that yet, is really figure out how to get the most out of a smart board or an interactive display. A lot of teachers uh, have those, and they basically drive a Lamborghini like a Volkswagen. You know, they take a $4,000 piece of equipment and make it a whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm guilty of that, but they, it does so much more, and you just have to get in there and learn it. And I know these young kids, they don't need a whole lot of instruction. They pick it up. But that's something that uh, I think is very important to be able to utilize that to its fullest because it really does capture kids' attention. And you can do some, uh, you know, just some – anticipatory sets with those where you, you get them interested, then you can veer off and do whatever you want to do. So it's very important to use that. And, and another good resource in your school, uh, depending on the system you're working in or whether it's your absolute first year or new to that district, but you should probably be assigned, uh, whether it be a supervising teacher, if you're doing a, an internship or perhaps you're, you've already been through the internship, but you're new to a particular school system, they may assign you a mentor. Right. But, uh, and if not, then reach out and find you one. You right. know, um, Somebody to help you. Absolutely. Gain the confidence of your 
co-workers, somebody that you can go to, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. No, because they want to help you. It's just a matter of you figuring out who you want to work with. And, and, and there'll be a lot of people that come through your door and try to help you out and just you know take all that information and, and let them work with you. Right. So what you, would you suggest or what do you teach your students about uh, how a teacher should go about maybe in the very beginning communicating with, with the parents and letting them know who they are and how would you introduce yourself to them? Well, first and foremost, you need to set your boundaries. You know, I don't, I don't advocate giving out your personal cell number and all of that, but you need to decide how you want to communicate because that is the key. That is what is important. Your principal is going to want to know that, uh, that just, that takes care of a lot of info. It takes care of a lot of, future problems by communicating as dojo through email, through some kind of app, remind, however you want to do that. You need to be able to do that. And I would set that up and have that ready for open house. When parents come in, you need to just have your little parent meeting and then say, here's how we're going to do this and set it up from the front and then send out as much information as you want. Right. And Um, I would say even, even, uh, you know, sometimes open houses are, are after school starts, but but probably even somehow before school starts, maybe even send all your parents and students a letter saying, you know, explaining who you are, give a little of your background and your own personal interest and uh, just start to create that positive tone and that positive relationship with your parents. You know, and here's the thing, everybody's on board with these communication apps now. I mean, everybody that's had a kid that's done anything in any, uh, athletic arena or any kind of club or organization, everybody's communicating through this uh, uh, means. And it really does, it really does help. And I, and I always encourage people, you know, when you send a text that needs to go to the group, you know, as much as you can, you'll have parents individually messaging. Parents are fine, but you know, with a high school teacher, you know, you may have a kid that wants to text you something, text back, always text to groups and not individual students, especially the older students. Well said. So, you know, that's just something to think about as you go into it. Let's talk, John, a minute about what these new teachers can do to help themselves. You know, in my opinion, I think you need to have a personal drawer in your uh, on your teacher desk there that uh, has all the things you need in it, aspirin, uh, cough drops, uh, some coins for some caffeine, a few Urban. snacks. Uh, no, no, John, that's not, uh, oh, we're not, not, not your wrong drawer. drawer, wrong, wrong drawer, drawer. No, wrong, wrong. Yeah. Now, I, you know, actually, unfortunately I've probably dealt with a few that had that, but that's not, we don't advise that on education. No, stay, no. stay away from that. But, uh, <laughs> there's a time and place for that, but it's not there. But, but you know, just something where you have your, right. your stuff and you can get to it. Things are going to help you get through the day. And And don't forget, uh, too, even beyond the day, uh, you know, you'll get caught up with excitement of starting your new career. And and rightly so. You put in all this time and hard work, and now you're uh, finally being rewarded. And and it is a very rewarding career. But don't forget to take time for yourself. Go ahead and join that local fitness club. Work out. Um, you know, something that, uh, at the end of the day, you can blow off some, some, some steam and, um, and, uh, work off some of that energy. That's right. And another thing, I'm just getting back to the, to the classroom, I, I, I advocate to all of my students, you need to have a drawer or a filing cabinet or something that locks. You need to be able to, you know, keep personal items in there. Uh, you know, your purse during the day, cell phone, you know, and like for high school teachers that might confiscate something, 
I mean, how much of a headache it is, is it when a teacher takes a kid's cell phone, then the cell phone gets stolen? You know, you need to have a lockable drawer that you can put things in that nobody can get into but you. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a, and if you have that, you'll find a million reasons, and I'm not going to go into all of them here, but you need to have that. I don't care what grade you're teaching, whether it's your stuff or somebody else's stuff. You just got to have it. Right, and, and, and perhaps subject for a whole other podcast, and I know we've touched on it before, but uh, since you mentioned it, I'll expand on a little bit about the confiscation of cell phones anymore. Every school is going to have a set procedure on how that should happen. And typically it involves that the teacher is not even confiscating that phone. You're turning that over to an administrator immediately just because that has caused so many problems uh, throughout our, our nation really with uh, the advent of of technology and how students misuse that. Right. And cell phones have leveled out, you know, they're becoming more and more acceptable. I can remember fighting that fight. Now, if you don't have your cell phone, you know, you can't even leave the house, but there'll be something else. Whatever's next. I don't know what it is. There'll be some device that we have that, that and we'll have to go through the whole process again. Mm-hmm. Do they have them? Do they not have them? Do we take them if they get them out? You know, whatever it is, you know, take care of it when you do take it and make sure you get it to the right people or, keep it where nobody can get to it so you're not responsible for losing it right and and again all that circles back to to say just take care of yourself don't forget about yourself because at the end of the day you're going to be exhausted right you're going to be exhausted and uh you still need to to push yourself to get a little exercise to to keep your energy level high uh so that you don't get burnout so let's talk a minute about SIS, Student Information Systems. You Each uh, school district that you uh, get into, no matter where you're at, they're going to have some sort of program or uh, computer program, I guess, to track students, and everyone will be in there, and you will have access to that. And obviously, we've talked about confidentiality, but uh, what's your thoughts, John, on a teacher looking up their students, getting the addresses, and just not necessarily doing home visits, but it's kind of driving by, seeing where people are at, where they're coming from. You know, do you think that's important? Or well, not? I think it, it circles back to what I said that uh, you know, try to find out uh, about your students, uh, you know, ahead of time if you can. Even right. when you send that parent letter home, maybe you want right. to have an opportunity for the parent or even the student to respond and say, "Here's something you may want to know about my right. child." You know, here's something uh, special about my child or if, if right. uh, you know, in your letter mentioned that, Hey, if you have something that you're, you're concerned about this year, let's set up a time and come in and we'll right. spend 15 minutes talking about it and, right. and uh, get those things out of the way. But, but circling back to your student information systems, you know, that, that kind of goes back with making sure you, you check that your technology is working because a lot of that in there is that's where your grade books are going to be. Plans, that's where you're going to be books, taking right. attendance. Uh, so exactly. all of those things are not something that that first day of school you want to try to figure out on that day. Exactly right. And your office manager can help you with that. Uh, other teachers can help you with that that have experience with those. But, uh, you know, and I was saying go out and drive by and see where people are at. You know, just that that's something for you just to see and do, you know, you don't, you don't want to create biases based on where a kid comes from or anything like that, but it just kind of helps you, especially, you know, if a kid doesn't have a coat and they're coming from some area that, you know, they might need a little help, then maybe you can get them to the right resources in the school to help them, a family resource center or some kind of information that just might help you a little bit to know those sort of things, but, but be careful about trying to predetermine how a kid's going to behave based on that because that, that's not the idea for doing that it's more of you know what kind of supports could i give if i see a need absolutely and that's where 
you know, sometimes, I've, you know, I'll go back and forth on whether you, uh, when you're trying to find out about students, if you go back to the teacher from last year, you yeah. know, who may say, uh-oh, you're going to have your hands full right. here. Or, yeah. uh, but just be careful that the best thing to do, and we've said it many a times, is to start off with a positive tone with For all of your kid, students. Treat and, everybody the same. Absolutely. And, and just move on. And, you know, kids will make decisions, some good, some bad. And, uh, you know, but even with that, Good kids make bad decisions, you know, and uh, it's just that's just part of it. Just treating everybody the same, getting started, and, and those kids that this may have been a discipline problem for another teacher, mm-hmm. they may never be one for you because of how you treated them the first two weeks of school. That's absolutely right. Uh, it's all about know, relationships, you know, and that, and then if you give everybody that opportunity and then they don't take it, well, then that's on them, not you, right you now. So, so as we wrap this up, John, you know, for these new teachers, just get into your school. Talk to the people that are there. Understand you are going to have experience. You are a couple years away from having all the experience you're going to need, but right now you don't, so talk to people that have that experience. Uh, You will be them someday, and then you can turn around and repay the favor back to new teachers, but get in there, ask those questions, figure out what you need. There's people there that will help you, and plugging yourself in and not staying at home you know, is the key. Get in there, let them know you're eager to work, let them know you want to be there. That's going to help your principal. Uh, see you as a viable, uh, you know, colleague in this uh, whole process. So, you know, I can't say enough. Just be a part of it. Get in there. Get excited, and uh, you know, do the best you can, and, and you'll be fine. And, and just take these things into consideration that we we've talked about today. And I, I think you'll you'll be you have a great successful career with a with a great start. And that's the idea is having that perfect start as perfect as you can get it, smooth, and uh, it's just your, your career will, will flourish from that point. Right. We need to make sure that uh, the folks around you understand that you're wanting and willing to be a part of a team. So make sure you're you're not afraid to ask questions. I think people admire that, that they know you're eager to learn and, uh, you know, don't don't uh, shy away uh, from forming relationships with uh, your colleagues. Those are going to be the most important resources you have. So if they ask you to go to dinner, go to dinner with them. Absolutely. So those things are important, too. And uh, so, listen, we wish you the best of luck, and I hope you take some of this information to heart, and uh, we hope everyone has a great start to the school year. Tune in to EduCash. This has been the EduCash Podcast, a Heartland Communications production. Please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Anchor.fm. Your input helps others discover this career education-geared podcast. If you have a question for John and Chris, feel free to email it to educashpod at gmail.com, and the guys will answer it in an upcoming episode. We'll see you next time on the EduCash Podcast.